pretty much like being a brain surgeon. <laughs> Actors change lives. Why does money help in the industry? Well, I'll tell you one. <laughs> That's the type of actor I want to be. That's who I am. I feel like we've just talked about money the whole time. Art is money. Ready for my next question? Hi everyone, my name's Rebecca and you're listening to The Bit Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for episode three. We have Jackie Essing here speaking to us. Uh, she's a Melbourne-based actor and performer and we talk cash flow, we talk finances, we talk study, we talk stumbling blocks, obstacles and how to overcome them. So stay tuned and let's dive right into it. I need to work pretty much full-time hours in order to have enough money to spend on acting classes, which is something that I'm doing at the moment. But then do I have time to rehearse, have a social life, exercise, sleep? No, but you just have to do it because you don't have that money to rely on. Whereas somebody with money, they've got this time to invest in their acting work without having to work part-time jobs on the side or full-time jobs on the side that aren't anything to do with acting. I would put on more of my own work. I'd like to think if it wasn't such a financial risk. I think about when I did put on my own show, I lost money in it. At the time I was young and naive and didn't really care because I was living at home with my parents which again that is a luxury that some people don't have I was able to save through living at home to put on a show but now living out of home if I were to put on a show then that dips into my savings and then I don't have financial security so yeah it does give you an upper hand how much does a show cost oh this was a while ago. Was this Fringe? Now. This was Fringe. I am Supermarket. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. You have to pay the fee to be part of Fringe. Mm. And then essentially that gives you the Fringe name, which is great and you're part of this program. But then I didn't realise the extent of the marketing that you have to put in it. That costs money. At the time I did posters and flyers which I would never do again because I feel like it's a little bit of dead money. APRA costs because I had music in my show. Venue hire that wasn't included for me with the venue I picked that was the front of house staff that were on the bar you essentially had to pay their hourly rate. Mm, I didn't realise you had all of those expenses. Yeah very expensive and I didn't live near the venue as well so then you've got petrol money costume set <laughs> and it was very minimal and bare bones what I had on the stage it was a black box production but all of it adds up mm. all of it adds up and then I didn't I said from the beginning with the people I was working with um, there was another actor who was my friend and I said, look, probably won't be any money out of it. I said that at the start. I'll take you out for dinner at the end of the show. Because that's all I could do. And, like, you feel bad. Like, you wouldn't ask that of somebody in another job. 
to invest all this time into rehearsals and then ask for time off work to do a show where you're not going to get paid. And then it does almost make what you're doing seem unprofessional, even though you're trying to pursue this professional career. That's why you're trying to get your work out there. But then it seems unprofessional by not paying, but then how are you meant to pay? Mm. Yeah. Just becomes a bit of a catch-22. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess it kind of depends what the goal is too. Like some people just want to create work and don't really have a long-term goal. They're just like, I love this process. I just want to be a part of the process. I just want to be performing to anyone who will come in and see it. And then others are like, well, I'm putting together this show because I really want casting directors to come along and Mm. I've got all these expectations and then that's great if that does happen. Mm. But I know people who kind of haven't had that experience and have invested like north of $10,000. Definitely um, didn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess it just depends on the goal. And I think that's where I went wrong by doing the show because I had no goal I didn't know why I was doing it I had all these ideas I thought it was funny and I think it was funny but I didn't know what the reason was for doing a show and I hate that because when I go and watch shows and I don't know what the point is I get really angry that they have wasted my time Mm. if there's no point to it Uh, so, but that's all come through learning. Like that was started out a student show at uni and then I came out of it and decided to make it a one hour show from what was, I think like a 10 or 15 minute excerpt. Um, so I think, yeah, it just comes through experience. Like now looking back, I think, oh, so amateur. (laughs) But But at the time it was something like that I... Yeah, and I still am proud of it, but I would do it again very differently today. I think it's so important to produce work the whole way through, even if you do consider it amateur. Like, it's a documentation of your creative journey because you could have not done that. And Mm. then you could be 30 and you look back and say, well, I had all these ideas, but it just wasn't really perfect or wasn't really what I wanted it to be. And I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to take the risk. And... But instead, you've actually got a piece of work that you created, Mm. which is a contribution. Yes. (laughs) Because I've recorded music over the years, original music, and it wasn't great. And my voice sounded young, but I'm like, I'm so pleased I have that. It was a documentation Mm. of where I was at at the time. If I didn't lay that down, then it almost never existed. Yeah. I think for me, I want to delve into film and tv and i love sketch Mm. comedy and maybe it's a cop-out but i just don't want to invest my money into Mm. it maybe that yeah i don't know if it's a cop-out i think you just want to get paid after you've invested money into your undergraduate money money into your postgraduate Mm mm-hmm money into an independent show extra classes just to keep up the skills to remain relevant Mm -hmm. I actually saw a I got a brief through recently and one of the criteria was 
must be a graduate from a vocational training program within the last three years. I saw that. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Yeah. When is, when is this mm-hmm. part of the criteria? Yeah. Um, yeah. That surprised me because a lot of auditions, they don't care if you've trained or if you haven't. If you're right for the role, then they'll know type yeah. thing. And yes, of course, it does help when you do have formal training, but it should never be a prerequisite. And I wonder what the thinking was behind it, because if it's just as it is on paper and how I read it, it seems a bit elitist. Mm. But if maybe there is something else behind it, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe they want somebody who is used to a certain type of training and mm. that rigidness is required of drama school perhaps but yeah it is a bit exclusive isn't it so what was your thinking in going back and retraining because you graduated in 2015 from your three-year undergraduate Mm -hmm. in performing in acting yeah yeah um so I think I first so I graduated from Ballarat in the end of 2015 and then I think it was in 2018 or maybe it was 2017 that I did some acting coaching and then I did a few casting workshops and then now I've just signed up for a term of acting classes as well and my dad said to me what's the point what like what job is this these classes going to get you and I said it's not about that I said in the same way that you go to the gym to stay fit I need to be actor fit because especially after not doing anything in COVID if you're asked to get up in an audition and your your body's not prepared your voice isn't prepared you haven't worked those acting muscles. You don't know how to read a text, analyse a text. So that's why I have constantly tried to continue my learning because you can't rely on... It'd be like saying, oh, yeah, I was really into F45 three years ago. Uh, that doesn't mean you're a CrossFit person today, does it? No, because <laughs> that was three years ago. Yeah. And of course, like you have that muscle already, but the muscle's gonna turn into fat <laughs> unless you continue to work it. So it's the same principle with acting. And I think you get that sense too. You're always, it's almost like a rumbling or a knowing. You're like, yeah, getting a bit rusty. Mm. It's and time. You're not. You're never perfect as an actor. I think that's the worst mentality. Like, oh, you go to this school and then you've made it. Or you yeah. get this role and you've made it. Even if you've won awards, perhaps, yeah, you've made it if you've won a Golden Globe or whatever. But <laughs> there's still always room to learn. Mm. Always. It's a pretty interesting climate at the moment in... Um in the acting sphere, I'm finding, because we were talking about this earlier, how you 
potentially not up against the same competition as you ordinarily would have been because everyone's been out of work. Mm. Things have been shuffled around. People have shifted out of their performing contracts. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm personally finding that it's a little bit harder to be cast than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that shifts and and what kind of comes out of that as well. Mm. And at the end of the day, back to drama schools, they didn't stop during COVID. They never stop. They're always churning out mm. new graduates at the end of the year. So when you keep on throwing more people into the pool of actors who are trying to get work and then the pool, the actual um, work has almost disintegrated. Yeah, well, it's gone interstate. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, like, grants out at the moment. I'm not Mm. super up on the Vic Arts grants, Mm. but I hear there's a bit happening. Do you know? Um, I haven't looked into the grants myself, but I know from somebody who has applied and was successful that they said the process of applying for the grant was almost like a full-time job, what was required. Um, And essentially, you need to put a number or... You need to show the value of your work. Mm. And unfortunately, that usually is a numerical figure. And we know as artists, even though we've just spoken about money, Mm. but you can't really put a figure on the value that art brings to people Mm. because the value can be absolutely economic, but it's so much more than that. And it was really interesting, one of my subjects at uni was the economics of culture and it was about that whole debate over the value of art and how unfortunately you do have to think of it as a business, which Mm. is really tricky when it comes to not-for-profits then because you need to be making money to keep your entity viable so they can keep operating but you can't make so much money that then you're actually making a profit because at the end of the day you're a not-for-profit when i finished at drama school i thought yep that's it no more study that that was really hard because it was the hours that were expected were ridiculous for every minute of text at uni you're expected to do an hour rehearsals so that was on top of what you were doing in class and I think our contact hours were 60 hours a week or something like that so you were doing a ridiculous amount of work so when I finished there I said nah no more study ever again but then just the type of person that I am I just have this desire to learn and challenge myself so After a while, I got a bit bored with working hospo and doing jobs here and there with acting. So that's why I went back and did my master's just to um, learn more. And then to actually choose the master's degree, I tossed and turned like heaps of options. I thought about, um, what do they call it when 
art therapy. Mm. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Drama therapy. I looked at a lot of those courses because um, that really interested me. But then I would have had to have done a psychology degree or like a counselling degree, wow. which that would have been like minimum two years. And then I would have had to do the training on top of that as well as placements. And my timeline was ticking. <laughs> so then I found this course and the other ones I kind of said for a few weeks, oh, this is what I want to do. And then the idea would expire. But this one stuck with me for a while. So that's why I chose it and then got in. And I think there's also like a consideration that has to be made as well. Even when something's still in the arts industry, but taking attention away from acting, mm. there's also there's always a consideration of do I want to invest my time in something that isn't acting when mm. I've already invested, as you're saying, sixty hours per week for three years. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a really hard decision to make sometimes. Sometimes it's a no-brainer because you want to diversify mm. and get new skills, but other times, yeah, you're also, like you said, it's a gym and you need to keep flexing those muscles. So so what was your experience with that? Did, you, did that cross your mind? Mm, for sure. And even somebody said to me who um, I worked with in a cafe, she said, oh... People who choose ex- to do extra study after drama school, they're obviously not serious about acting. And here I was like a year into my master's and I thought, well, I, yeah, I'm serious about acting, mm. but I'm also having a backup. And I know that there's that, it's probably a big debate you could have with actors in the industry. Are you serious if you have a backup plan? I think... A lot of actors would say, I think, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Will Smith or something. I saw some quote and it said, yeah, if you have a backup plan, like then you're setting yourself up for failure or something like that. Don't, don't quote me on Will Smith's quote, if it was Will Smith. <laughs> but um, I hate that because I have a family that I love, friends that I love, and I don't want to be living paycheck to paycheck. And if I completely invested everything into acting, I would be saying goodbye to a lot of other moments in life. And sure, call me not serious then, but those moments are really special. I think at drama school, my nan died and I was had a really good relationship with her. And it, we were in the middle of a show, I think we were two weeks out from opening and you really get a perspective when something like that happens, you realise how much of a bubble you've been in. And, you know, I actually was made to feel bad by the director for going to her funeral and spending time with my family. But that was obviously much more important to me and I would do that again and again and again because family over career for me any day. Mm. It's kind of a, um, what would you call it, a culture, uh, kind of like a subculture 
And it's not really spoken, but all of the action surrounding it implies that that is how it is with your priorities. Mm. For example, when I was studying in Victoria, I'm from Queensland, and my uncle passed away, and it was all quite sudden between the death and the um, funeral, and I just wasn't able to go up, mainly because I was just broke trying to be at uni four days and then working the other three days. So just seven days on rotation for a year. And I just didn't have the money to fly home. Mm. And yeah, it does come down to those those kinds of circumstances where you're just like, well, yeah, it was a bit of a tight turnaround to get up there, but I have all my eggs in this basket. And mm-hmm. because of that, I couldn't mm. get up there. So yeah, definitely sympathize with that. And I think we all kind of have those points in our creative journey where we decide what kind of person we want to be along with what kind of an actor. For sure. What actor do I want to be? I want to be a storyteller. I want to make people think. (laughs) Whether they walk away smiling or whether they walk away and change the world. Any reaction is amazing because it means that they've listened to your story. Doesn't matter what they think about it, they've listened to you and you've had an impact on them. It's pretty much like being a brain surgeon. (laughs) Actors change lives. (laughs) That's the type of actor I want to be. That's who I am. same but I got to a point must have been in my late 20s and I just had no money all the time mm. so when we had to do like a family gift or something like I was always borrowing off my mom and then I have to pay her back and it just got to a point where I'm like I'm so sick of being the person who has no money mm-hmm. and yeah that's just when I'm like well something just has to change because mm. only so long that you can throw everything at it and then if nothing kind of sticks a shift has to be made. Exactly. Because you don't have that excuse as well of, oh, I don't have money because I'm an actor. And then it's like, well, what acting are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I work in a cafe. <laughs> oh, have you been on Neighbours? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I haven't. Have I had an audition for them? Yes. Did they want me? No. But that's fine. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm still an actor. Do you know what? COVID was actually a blessing for me because I, oh, probably not last, 2020 was last year, probably 2019, um, I was doing uni four days, three days or four days. Um, and it was of course hours that I think one of those days I could work, but it was like jam in the middle of the day. So I couldn't, I couldn't even do a shift so I had to do work on the other days and then part of my master's I had to well you had to do um, one of three options and I didn't want to do research or a group thing I think that was the other (laughs) option I don't do groups no not if you can avoid it like I did not do group tasks so I did an internship and that was great I would definitely say do an internship because you're actually doing the work that you're being trained to do. And unfortunately in the arts, 
they just expect you to have worked for free for a while before they decide to pay you. So it was a blessing, really. <laughs> so, yeah, like you said before, I was seven days and you saw me and I was very, very stressed. My hair was falling out and here I am trying to keep fit on the side, exercise, And I was so restricted to what I could work. Sure, I could have done two jobs, but then I'd be juggling two different rosters, plus uni, plus internship. It just would have been too much. So I had this limited amount of money. And I remember I was also like in debt to my parents a bit as well. And then COVID happened and we didn't have to... Not that I have to socialise, but I like going out for dinner with friends to catch up and whatever. Um, and because we don't live close, you meet halfway at a cafe. It's just what, what we do. Um, <laughs> but then you weren't doing that during COVID because we had to stay inside. And I was saving so much money. I paid back my debts and then that's when I had the light bulb moment of I never ever want to go back to that place like now I have savings I'm so happy (laughs) yeah yeah I don't not not want to go back there just chasing your tail exactly and you just want something else but you haven't repaid the other day yeah and And I think that's why right now I've decided to do acting classes because I know that I'm not dipping into my savings. It's something that, like, I, I am at a place where I can afford that. Yeah. I know that you have some exciting work in the pipeline and it's not putting on your own show. So no. you know how you feel about that. Um, and I'm really hoping to catch this one, but I, I think I'm going to be... I'm allowed to talk about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's still embargoed. So, there's that. Um, But there's something coming. Yeah. Okay, so after this next thing, do you have goals and dreams? Absolutely have goals and dreams. I know that a lot of people don't watch Australian TV because, oh, I think streaming services now, I think there's... A bit more funding. (laughs) (laughs) Now on streaming services, I think uh, there's a bit more funding for Australian works, but still, obviously, we're saturated with programs from overseas. And reality TV. I was watching, like, Holy Moly last night. Ew. It was really bad, (laughs) but I couldn't look away. (laughs) So, but I'm somebody who, I love Australian drama. Uh, I actually, I know I'm probably behind the eight ball, but I just finished watching The Heights. Oh, I haven't seen it. Um, I loved it. It was like nothing I've ever watched. It was literally just telling the stories of different people um, centred around um, the towers, which is a housing commission Um building um and i've watched some great things on abc sbs i just love aussie drama Glendon ivan anything he does is just gold um director by the way (laughs) 
so anything I would biggest goal for me would be to be part of an Australian drama mm. because I grew up watching McLeod's Daughters and you had All Saints on TV um, well those are the main ones that I watched actually yeah I'm a bit older than you I saw like um, Secret Life of Us Mm. Love My Way. Even um, like Pack to the Rafters, I know that was a bit later on. Yeah. Pack to the Rafters, Offspring. Now on commercial TV, you don't get those shows. Yeah. Um, which hopefully they will be moving forward to streaming platforms, but I would love to be part of that because I just have such good memories of watching those shows, being invested in these characters' lives. Mm-hmm. An escape from reality... But it is our reality because it's Australian and these are our stories. I think a lot of actors, their dream is to go to LA. But honestly, that's not my dream because we have our own stories here. And why the hell shouldn't they be on TV or in film as well? Yeah, I think we're kind of going back that way a little bit. Especially Mm. with like web series and that kind of thing. Yeah think Aussies are making a bit of a comeback in that way because we just got saturated with reality TV. Mm-hmm. And I think people are getting sick of that now. Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't, I'm getting sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that it's like you're just kind of waiting for the right opportunity? Like, obviously, you're doing your classes and that kind of thing, but is it networking? Is it... Mm, probably networking... I just need to get my foot in the door. Yeah. I don't know the path there. Because if I did, I'd be there. (laughs) In terms of where you are now, and you've talked a lot about what you've experienced so far, whether it's putting on your own show, study, some of the questionable experiences and that kind of thing, but your pursuit further to invest in the industry, especially the Australian industry, So what would you say to someone younger who's kind of scratching their head, wanting to give it a go, super uncertain? Um, Are there any words of advice or any words of caution that you'd want to share? Biggest advice I could give is that you are on your own path. There is no set path for acting or the arts, I don't believe. And you need to find that path for yourself. Sure, it's great to be able to take direction and absorb information from your teachers, but you need to be able to use that knowledge to become your own person. Most important message is find your own path. Because there is not just one road. And without being negative as well... I think when you do invest so much time and energy into your craft, it can be really scary to come to the realisation that maybe it's not for you and then you feel like a failure or you have family members, again, back to the neighbours thing, oh, have you got any auditions for neighbours or what have you been on? Don't... Be deterred and think that you're a failure because of the way that other people see you. 
as long as you know what you're doing is important, then it is important. I'm just sick of dreading family functions. And they ask you what you've been up to and you'll just cringe. Oh, working in a cafe. (laughs) Mm. But don't discredit yourself because, yes, I'm working in a cafe, but I'm doing so much other stuff. (laughs) You're contributing to the artistic culture of today. And that's why I think it's super important that you did that show. And I know that you think it didn't have a purpose and I know that it didn't have a marketing plan, <laughs> but <laughs> it was a contribution. And honestly, after that, the shows that I did do, nothing was as hard as that. <laughs> yeah. When you're an actor, after being actor, writer, director, producer, what a joke, um, <laughs> it's quite easy. And I think it's like so important to do stuff when you don't know any better yeah because you just dive right in you hope for the best it's just ignorance is bliss Mm -hmm. and imagine if Alanis Morissette never made Jagged Little Pill when she was 19 like that I just can't imagine that world what's the bit that made you want to start well the thing is I saw a very fantastic musical called Mamma Mia (laughs) (laughs) and well prior to that lucky enough mum took us to musicals all growing up she's not artsy just loves musicals and so yes I did think I should have been in Annie yes I did think I should have been a little munchkin in Wizard of Oz but when I saw Mamma Mia I thought oh I need to be on the stage because they are having so much fun. That was the bit that I thought, yeah, I want to do that. I want to have a career where I have fun. And what about the bit where you're like, do I want to have a career where I have fun? (sighs) The bit that made me want to quit. Well, there's been lots of times where I've wanted to quit. I'm still thinking about quitting. The bit that makes me want to stop is the constant failure. Uh, Should I have been a teacher like my mum, dad and sister? Perhaps. (laughs) The bit that makes me want to keep going. Uh, When I am performing, whether that be professionally or just in life, to friends and family. Anyone who watch and listen. Uh... I just love performing. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) And I know that sounds so daggy. But honestly, when people say, what do you want to do? What's like your passion? Acting is my passion. It's so horrible. And it's full of so much rejection and failure. But far out for that 10 or 5% of time that you succeed... Oh, it makes the 90-something percent of rejection so worth it. Is that it? That's it. Oh, I feel like I want to talk more. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. I feel like I didn't talk about the opera I was in. (laughs) (laughs) Jackie, tell me about the opera you were in. See, I was in an opera and I don't sing 
I fixed the costume and that was it. Yeah, I fit a costume and so I got the role. Yes, go me. So at the end of the day, kids, your training doesn't matter because if you fit the costume, you get the role. <laughs> All right, let's talk about something else.